0: This is A to Z with Mark Zeno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you it's only the beginning. I mean that literally. Welcome in. We are live here on this Thursday. Great to be with you guys. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnATL. Of course, and at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Make sure you check out all the great shows here on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. Give you an update on the Braves and the trade deadline. One target off the market already for the Atlanta Braves and where sports and politics are forced to intersect. We'll get to that coming up before the end of the show. This segment brought to you by our good friends at BlueNile.com. And we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons because yesterday was day one of training camp. And it was a big day for a lot of different names. And look, that's why I say literally, it's only the beginning. Let's not get too excited. They're in shorts. They're not even in pads. Uh, There's not much to make of anything, but it's good to see football back, right? Like it's always fun to see football back. Uh, a couple of notes that, uh, you know, many Falcons reporters uh, have, have brought up, whether it is Michael Rossi the VSPN, Josh Kendall, the athletic folks over at the Falcoholic. I think everybody kind of was on the same page about the observations from day one, but I'll share my thoughts as well. Uh, the quarterback competition uh, that was supposed to be between Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter uh, ended very quickly as Marcus was <laughs> announced the day one starter uh so he's gonna take all the reps with the ones obviously and i don't think this is a shock to anybody Uh, i don't think this is a, a big surprise um i'll tell you why i think a quarterback competition would have been good for the entire team not just the quarterbacks uh in just a few minutes here but you know the observations from yesterday were that that marcus Mariota uh had good chemistry with kyle pitts um and i think that's a good sign although again um I did see a couple of throws from Mariota that were a lot higher than you'd want them to be. But considering the size of Kyle Pitts, it's not a big deal, but one of the weaknesses of Mariota is his accuracy. So uh, it's good that they are able to start to get on the same page early. In fact, it was a big play um, to Kyle Pitts during the practice. So I think that that is good. Uh, And I think that this is a, a, a start that was necessary, right? Let's like not stumble out of the gate here. Um, let's see what happens when they put pads on and everything else. But that's why I say try not to make too much of this whole thing uh, when it comes to um, you know what you're seeing at practice every day. While the quarterback competition is closed, the open competition will be on the offensive line. You saw a bunch of different you know pairings or, or, or matchups or whatever you want to call it. Uh, rotating in between Caleb McCarry, German Iofetti, uh Matt Dahlman, uh, I'm sorry, Brad Dahlman, and and uh, Matt Hennessy, So, you know, you saw a bunch of these things go, go back and forth yesterday, and I think that's good because, you know, honestly, uh, they need the best five guys on the line to play, and I don't think there's any debate otherwise uh, about that. And, and if they can't get the best five guys uh, or can't figure out who the best five guys are, it's time to start adding some more pieces to this whole deal. Um, here's why a quarterback competition is something that can benefit a lot of other people, not just the quarterbacks. But first, a word from our friends at blue nile.com Folks, you've heard me tell you about blue Nile.com before because whether you're looking for that perfect engagement ring or that fine jewelry piece, and the best way to say I love you, blue Nile.com is the place to go because you can build that engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Nile's simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape size and clarity as well as the setting style and Blue Nile's bench jewelers will be there to handcraft a perfect engagement ring. And each ring is one of a kind. Now, if you're looking for a different type of piece of jewelry, that that special moment, that way to say I love you or thank you, whatever it may be, but you're having trouble choosing that piece, well, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. They're available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift for every single budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. And this podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Use the code locked on. That's locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and is in discreet packaging. So, when it arrives, it won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenile.com today. All right. Um, what's the one good thing about a quarterback competition that uh, sort of takes the eyes uh, off the quarterbacks? And that's the fact that there is a quarterback competition to talk about because it's all we want to talk about. You know what I haven't heard a lot about? You know what I haven't read a lot about, comparatively speaking, to other teams? First-round pick, Drake London. Second-round pick, Arnold Evicati. Like that, when you have a quarterback competition, it's all anybody wants to know because it's the biggest question surrounding a football team. And so, naturally, everybody's going to want to know about it and that's where all the attention is going to be. And then what happens is you allow those guys, those other guys, and the Troy Andersons of the world to sort of develop in the shadows, right? In the background where no one knows and we're not focusing on the mistakes and we're not putting pressure on, on young players to figure this all out in a short amount of time because we're desperate to have them be good because we want to turn this around. Then you want to start winning football games again. All those things sort of get quieted down when there's a quarterback competition because the only focus and the main focus is the quarterbacks, right? like that's just kind of the way it goes uh there, there's no escaping that when it comes to a quarterback competition so uh I'm surprised a little bit that Arthur Smith was so quick to at least not let it play at least let it play out for a little bit like I thought he would you know get you closer and then make the starter the announcement like prior to the first preseason game so you get through kind of two weeks of camp um and you see what it is but Nonetheless, uh, I trust Arthur Smith and his decision-making, and I trust him as the coach of this team. But that's the other thing that we're going to get a real good chance to do throughout camp and into the preseason is evaluate Arthur Smith as a head coach. Let's see what he's building. Let's see what he's putting together. Let's figure out uh, if the reasons he was brought here and hired here are going to come to fruition. I've said this before, guys, overall about this season. Remember, they won seven games last year with Matt Ryan. If they can win one less game with arguably a worse roster and a much worse quarterback, that speaks volumes to the coaching staff. That is the feather in the cap they're looking for. If they get the six wins, that is a big, big, huge lift for Arthur Smith and company. I don't think you can deny that. I don't think you can underscore it. Uh it won't look that way to the national media. It won't look that way to Uh, A lot of people who uh, are just, you know, fans and just want to see W's and your team in the playoffs and everything else. But you peel back a couple of layers, you realize how hard hard it's going to be to get this team to six wins against schedule this year with this roster and this amount of dead cap space. That is a coaching job not to be underscored at all. It is a real good coaching job, uh, and it should be treated like such. So uh, I am, again, a proponent of Arthur Smith, I'm excited to see him do what he's able to do. And I think it's super, super important um, that he has a sort of real good building block year. One final note from camp, by the way, there was an update from Arthur Smith on Deion Jones. Uh, and really the update was, is that, well, we don't know anything yet. Uh, we'll have more clarity in a week when he starts to work out and uh, is trying to see where he is, get off the pup list. And again, I thought yesterday when we found out that he was um, – one of the first people at camp, one of two reasons. Either trying to put on a good face, maybe he's going to be here longer than we thought, or let me get as healthy as I can, as quick as I can, and get shipped out of here. Like I I think those are the two end states for Deion Jones. So from that standpoint, um, it's one of those things where uh, the sooner he gets back, we'll get a better idea of what the Falcons want to do with him. Because if he comes back and is healthy and still isn't practicing, that means they're moving on from him. Or at least don't want him to get hurt in training camp because they still want him to have some value. So uh, even though right now he has some value. All right, coming up next, uh, the Atlanta Braves um, are struggling. At least one of them is. I think you know who I'm talking about. That's next, A to Z. You're on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube. And wherever you get your podcast. search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube. And wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Thanks for subscribing to our YouTube page. Well over 2,000 followers already here in just a few short months. It's been a huge bump for us. Uh, We certainly appreciate all the love and support from everybody making Locked On Sports Atlanta part of their everyday sports listen, whether it's this show, A to Z, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Taneja Batiste, our Braves postcast with Grant McCauley after every single game, and of course... Locked on Falcons and Locked On Hawks, uh with Aaron Freeman and Brad Rowland respectively. I'm sure Brad Rowland Locked on Hawks is hoping waiting for something to happen to get some work to do, but still uh as we turn the page of football season. Uh Aaron Freeman is gonna be very, very busy, so make sure you check on, on a routine basis. Uh we have some news that is sent up for the Sports World coming up here. We'll do that in the next segment uh as well. Uh Kirby start continuing, and we'll do all that coming up before the end of this Thursday show. I'll be back in my normal confines tomorrow and back in Atlanta. So I appreciate you guys being patient with me this week with the uh, video and the audio being a little bit sketchy at times, but thanks for, for hanging in there with me and uh, being part of the Z every single day. All right, uh, speaking of every single day, uh, Ronald Lacuna didn't play every single day because he got the day off of yesterday uh, in the series finale against the Phillies. and. Um, the Braves have been off day today. Uh, they'll come back to Truist. Uh, they have five more games before the big five-game series with the Mets in four days. I play a doubleheader, I think, on that Saturday. So, I got four, five games in four days coming up with the Mets. We now have a three-game lead over the Atlanta Braves after the Braves lost yesterday. Uh, and guess what? Uh, didn't do any favors Uh, The Yankees didn't do the Braves any favors by getting swept by the Mets. So um, I told everybody the Mets were going to start to have a tear. Uh, They were going to have a a, a patch of this season where they started to play like they did play in the beginning of the year. Um, And let's hope it's not now. But with the return of Jacob deGrom imminent, I feel like it could be the case. Uh, And I say this to get back to Ronald Acuna, by the way. Uh, who was benched yesterday by Brian Snicker for what he called a mental day off. Um, Acuna, over his last 17 games, folks, is batting a buck 86 with one home run and 21 strikeouts. Now, I've asked this question before um, because we all assume that Ronald Acuna is going to snap out of it. I'll ask it again without any opinion attached to it. But I just am curious what people think. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Give me a tweet at Mark Zeno. But how much longer can you keep Acuna at the top of the lineup? Like for a guy who is batting close to 200 right now, you can't continue to put him at the top of the lineup. I'm not saying bench him. I'm not saying don't put him in the lineup. But I can't have a guy who's on base percentage is below 250 over the last month be at the top of the lineup because here's, what's going to happen. And I started to look into this a little bit last night. Um, and some of this goes back prior to the all-star break because 17 games goes back prior to the all-star break, but with the except, so <laughs> with the exception of playing the nationals, right. And beating up on their bad pitching, you know, You look at the other games against somewhat moderate pitching and the Braves runs are starting to come down a little bit in those series. And that's what's going to start to alarm me. If Acuna is not performing well at the top of the lineup, are we going to sit here and continue to bang our heads against the wall and just hope he snaps out of it? Uh, In the meantime, you're still only scoring three or four runs a game uh, and your pitching is suffering for it, like uh, what happened yesterday. You know, and you can make the argument that what happened yesterday wasn't Matt Olson's fault. Uh, I'll, I'll play along if you want, but I don't want to play along too much. I mean, Charlie Morton did not have a great start. Uh, yes, he was burned by uh, an error in that uh, fifth inning, but more manifestly, he did not pitch well. Uh, and he has not pitched well in, in quite a hot minute. Again, he had that three or four start stretch where, um, you know, he had a three or 4 start stretch where he was really, really good. Uh, But that was about it. Other than that, it's been a very much a very erratic um, sort of Charlie Morton that we're seeing this year. You know, Uh, and and here's the thing. (laughs) He walks the opening guy, and the error was charged to him on the pickoff throw. Okay, so this is a self-induced one. So then a base hit scores the next guy, and the floodgates open. I mean, I, you can make any excuse you want. He did not pitch well in that fifth inning. Gave up five runs in an inning, and four of them were earned, even though it should have been a fifth run that was earned because he made the error. But nonetheless, uh, that said, this is where we are with Morton. And you have to question uh, where he is in 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 this rotation. And I'll keep having this argument. With my good buddy Carl Dukes and 929, everybody else. This is not a guy I want starting a playoff game right now. Just not. I don't trust him. I really, really don't. Um, And so they have to continue to look at ways and options to figure out how they're going to get through um, the latter part of this season and try to win the NL East. We talked earlier in the week about why winning the NL East is important. That first round bye is probably going to go to the Mets or the Braves, whoever wins the NL East. The other one is tough playing is stuck playing a tough first-round matchup, probably against San Diego Padres. So uh, Ws are important the rest of the way out. And a quirky little stat here. Since June 25th, the Braves are 1-8 and in series finales, and the one win was against the Nationals. For whatever reason, they can't win the final game of the series. It's getting really, really irritating. Uh, Trade news from last night that impacts the Braves. And I don't know if he was a prime target for them, but – they were sort of attached to him in some size, way, shape, or form because they need help in left field. But Andrew Benettendi now off the market as he goes to the New York Yankees from the Kansas City Royals, and that's one less bat out there they're looking for. Now, again, Benettendi is a left-handed hitter, and I'm not sure that that's what exactly Anthopoulos is looking for because he has Eddie Rosario, who plays outfield, and is a left-handed hitter. I'm sure he's looking for a right-handed bat. What he's really looking for is another Jorge Soler, which, oh, by the way, if he wasn't making $13 million a year, um, wouldn't that be a nice option to go try and get him back? But that's essentially what Alex Anthopoulos is looking for, is he's looking for this year's Jorge Soler and where he's going to get it and how he's going to find it. Uh, now, you could argue, again, you don't necessarily need another bat if one of two things happens. Um, Ronald Acuna gets right and or the Braves continue to score runs at the same clip that they are. The only issue is that you've got five days left to figure that out. Uh, I still think they to uh, rather have another starter um, and or or at a, at another bullpen arm definitively. Uh, I'd rather have one of those two over the bat. But, again, I am starting to get a little bit weary of Ronald Zaguna's performance. And there's a difference between a slump and where he is right now. He had that first couple of games back where he was awesome, or first couple of weeks back where he was awesome. To a couple of days off, and that's been a straight downslide since the better part of June. And uh, that to me is it, prolonged slumps are, are code words for he's having a bad year, which you don't want to say, but Acuna's having a bad year. So there's a lot to be decided uh, by the end of this weekend and into next week on the 2nd before they go take on the Mets again, five games before that five game series starts. And since Alex Anthopoulos operates in the shadows, we have no idea what he's going to do and when the move is going to come, but feel pretty confident that there is a trade coming up here shortly for the Atlanta Braves. Again, off night tonight, back against the uh, soft Arizona Diamondbacks, where uh, they get two against the, I'm uh, sorry, three against the D-backs, two against the Phillies, and That's not where you want to be two and three at the end of this thing. So let's make sure they get some wins here uh, before they head into the Mets series. And oh, by the way, you know, again, three games back, you don't want to be four heading into that series because if they take four or five, uh, that lead that you helped disintegrate is now back to a six or seven game lead. And that's a bad place to be. All right. Coming up next, uh, we'll hand out some shovels of wisdom as well. Will Kirby get what Kirby wants? That's next. Right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Final segment of A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark M A R K Z I N N O. Some more dog's talk coming up here with Kirby Smart. Will he get what he wants now that he's a national champion? We'll get to that coming up in a minute. But first, it's time for a shuffle of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We like to uh, set people straight, give them a whack right upside the head with a Shovel of Wisdom. You can do so as well on my Twitter account, at Juanfino. Just use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to the State Department of the United States of America. That was long. Why am I giving a shovel to the State Department? Well, folks, okay. uh, in talking about general managers and trades and how they operate, like Alexander and some of the folk of darkness, uh, and the good ones do it that way. The United States uh, chose not to do it. Uh, they chose to try to make it a political power play. Uh, if you have been under a rock, uh, American basketball player, Reiner, the Griner, WNBA, has been detained in Russia since mid um, because she was found with cannabis oil uh, and arrested at the airport. So she's been there for a while and um, she has been pleading for an attempt to get home. And I'm not even going to get into her own political stances and, and, you know, anything. This is merely about the way the United States should have conducted this thing. And, of course, instead of doing it under the cloak of darkness, instead of um, trying to handle this thing without a lot of fanfare and without a lot of notif- you know recognition and notification, well, the story, of course, gets out that the United States offered a trade for Brittany Griner and one other American, uh, and they were going to send back apparently a Russian arms dealer who's been in prison here, uh, and it was going to be a, quote, prisoner exchange, and the story got out, And lo and behold, well, what's the word from the Kremlin? Well, we're not going to discuss this publicly. We don't don't want these negotiations public. Of course they don't. And the United States shouldn't want them public either. It's ridiculous. Why would you want this to be public? This is something you celebrate after it's done. You don't make the trade out loud in front of everybody. Just follow the sports analogy. Follow the sports method here, State Department and and, and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. This is really simple stuff. Keep it all hush-hush and celebrate when they're home. And you act like you got the better end of the deal, always. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, we, it, this this is kind of like, you know, making us look bad. Again, not surprising at this point. Uh, again, not a political statement, but things don't look great right now. So uh, this is just one more ridiculous, foolish way that this was handled. There, there, there literally should have never, ever, ever been any sort of public um recognition or anything but of course you have to score political points in everything you do everything has to be made into a political power play because if you don't well then you're wasting an opportunity but here's the funny part about that you know what you do you let the media do that for you you don't have to give them the story they will tell it whether they whether you want them to or not so after the fact you could give them all the juicy details that they need to make this a huge deal and why you did it and everything else It's just poor form, man, Uh, and and we look foolish, in my opinion. All right, before we get on to Kirby Smart, a good word from our friends at Coffee AM. Guys, I mean, if you haven't ordered your Coffee AM yet, I don't know what to tell you. I do know what to tell you. You're missing out on some of the best damn coffee you'll ever have. That's simply what I have to tell you. Why? Coffee AM is a small batch roaster based right here in Atlanta, and they ship the best coffee And the freshest coffee. Why? Because their coffees are roasted and shipped on the same day or close to it. And they have coffees from from around the world. I'll never forget. I opened up that box when it came to me. And I'm telling you, the the smell just hit me in a great way. Like a ton of bricks. I was like, whoa, what is this? It's a huge selection of coffees from around the world. Organic, fair trade, direct trade, expertly crafted coffees, teas, espressos, um, and a whole lot more. Guys, you got to get to Coffee AM because you're also supporting a, a local business here that's right here in Atlanta, Georgia. So go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on today. Take a full look at their menus of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. And use the coupon code locked on at checkout to get 15% off your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com. Coffee AM, the best small restaurant. Small, small batch coffee roaster in America, small, small batch roaster. Say that five times fast, but say coffee a.m. five times fast. And that's what you need to remember. All right. um, Kirby, Kirby Smart National Champion. Once again, this debate has come up about the cocktail party in the game against Jacksonville and what it really is and how much Kirby wants it to be a home and home. Uh, And no longer played in Jacksonville. I mean, everybody else seems to think this thing is sacred. And Kirby seems to be the only guy out on an island going, uh, yeah, we don't need to play it in Jacksonville. I'm I'm good with the home and home. Well, look, Kirby, I don't think there's any sort of um, hidden agenda here. I think Kirby just genuinely wants the home and home because he wants to play Florida in Athens and use it as a recruiting tool. That's it. I don't think there's anything else to it. I think it's as simple as that. People have tried to concoct theories and tried to figure out, you know, why he's he's pushing so hard for this and what it is and this, that, and the other. I just genuinely think he believes that recruiting is the most important thing and all of his recruits need to come to the biggest games, and the biggest game would be Georgia-Florida. That's it. I I don't think there's anything there. Unfortunately, the math is not in his favor. Uh, And I was reading this earlier from the AJC, That they get 49 million um, for the cocktail party in Jacksonville, but they would only get like 15 million if they move it to a home and home. Um, Yeah, 45 million is greater than that's 45 million and 19 million, respectively. 45 million to play the game in Jacksonville every year and 19 million to play it in a home and home. So the math is not in his favor. Uh, and he's likely going to lose. Now, the current deal runs through 2023 with an option to extend through 2025. Obviously, Jacksonville wants to keep the game. It's a huge financial windfall for the city, uh, and, and it, it, it's a great event for them, and they love putting it on. But that said, again, um, guys like Kirby tend to get what they want more often than not. Um, look, if Kirby wins back-to-back national titles, then he's absolutely. I think he absolutely is going to get what he wants here. I, I don't have it. Dog in the fight, pun intended, I guess. I, I don't care either way. I mean, I, I I think Sanford Stadium is an awesome atmosphere to watch a football game. Uh, it would be great to have the home and home. I think it's a lot of fun. I, I don't think the home – Jacksonville gives either team a necessary home field advantage one way or another. And Kirby said so. He's The better players are going to win the game. And I think he's right for the most part. Georgia's dominated this game in recent years. Why? Because they're a much better team than Jacksonville. You know, that, that's just what it boils down to. Um, sorry, better team than Florida, not Jacksonville the Game The is in Jacksonville. Anyway, uh, I think he's right about the, the play on the field, dictating everything. So, um, this is something that, that Kirby truly wants. And if he wins another national title, I think he gets it. And I, I think they at least try it maybe for two years and then, uh, are willing to, to go back to Jacksonville. They take a two year, break. they took a two year break in 94, 95. They could take a two year break again, do a home and home. And then revisit it and see what it looks like Um, and and see if there's any sort of, um, you know, reason to go back to Jacksonville or continue it. I don't think Kirby's really worried about the financials. Uh, Clearly, he's not. Because if he was worried about financials, then, you know, uh, he's focused on the wrong thing. His team just won a national title. The school's got plenty of money. I, I don't think he's really worried about it. Now, again, you talk to an athletic director, that may be a different conversation. Right. Talk to Greg Bishop. That's a different conversation for him. He's worried about the money because it's it's a uh, it's a big deal. And and that money matters across the board because an athletic director has to run more than just football. He's got to run every single sport in the school. So we'll see if Kirby gets what he wants. But uh, again, college football right around the corner. And I appreciate you guys joining me here on this Thursday. Thanks for making A to Z your first listen. Make sure you make your next listen. Hitting hard with John Chuckery and ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Tanisha Batiste. Be back tomorrow for a Friday edition to wrap things up for the week. You guys have a great day. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.